Well, in Ukraine, stories um, use lots of pictures, don't they? Um, and in, in Ukraine, lots of people like to use illustrations when they're talking. In fact, in a lot of the Baptist churches, you'll see on, on the walls, they're the great big like, murals that you, like, you would have seen uh, in uh, traditional churches as well. Um, and we say sometimes, don't we, that a picture paints a thousand words. Have you heard that? Well, this story is about some grandparents who were looking for um, a present for their granddaughter. And they were looking around a shop, um, and suddenly the grandmother spotted a vase, a bit like that one, and said to the grandfather, I think our granddaughter would like that. That's a really pretty vase, isn't it? And he picked it up and he said, yes, yeah, I think it is a pretty vase, yeah. But then something remarkable happened because the vase spoke back. Have you ever heard that? It's a bit like that thing, speaking back at you. <laughs> and uh, the vase said, well, thank you so much for that compliment, but, uh, you know, I wasn't always as pretty as this. You know, once upon a time, I was a horrible, soggy lump of clay. And this man came along and he picked me up uh, and he threw me onto this wheel. Uh, and, uh, and the next thing I know, I'm being, being spun around really quickly. Said I'm, The vase said I got really dizzy. Um, and I called out, uh, I said, please, please stop, please stop. Uh, but the man said, no, not yet. And he kept spinning me round and round and round. And uh, eventually he stopped and then the... Uh, the man then put me to one side and he started to poke me and prod me and squeeze me and shove me in all different sort of places. It tickled for a start, but then it got to hurt a bit. Uh, so again, I said, please stop, please stop, stop doing this. And he said, no, not yet, not yet. Uh, well, eventually, he put me back on the wheel and started to spin me round and round and round again. Uh, and I really didn't know where I was. Uh, I didn't know what was going to happen next. Um, but, you know, when he did stop, he did something even worse. Can you guess that, what that might have been? He, he, he put me up and he put me in the oven. Well done, yeah. Well, it was really hot in there, and it got hotter and hotter, and I called out, please, um, let me out of here. And uh, again, he said, no, not yet, not yet. Well, it got hotter and hotter, and I thought I was just going to explode, but eventually um, I called out, please, let me out, and then the man opened the oven and he took me out. And he stood me to one side for a little while. Oh, and it was really lovely to be out in the fresh air again. Uh, and then this uh, little lady came along, little plump lady. I think she might have even been Ukrainian, I don't know. Uh, but she came along with a paintbrush and she started to paint me. Well, have you ever smelt some of those paints? They smell awful, don't they? And I thought I was going to be sick. The smell of these blooming paints, they were horrible. Um, and I said, please stop this, stop it. And the lady said, no, not yet, not yet. And she continued and she continued and then she finished painting me and that was wonderful. And then guess what? Back in the oven. <laughs> it was so hot in that oven. This time it was even hotter than before. Uh, the oven temperature went up and up and up and I was getting really worried and I called out, please, please let me out, let me out. Uh, but he said, no, not yet, not yet. So eventually... The door opened and I was allowed out again. It was wonderful. I stood on the table for a little while and I cooled down. But then after a few minutes, um, I was picked up and I was put onto this little shelf with a mirror behind it. And then something amazing happened, you know. I looked in that mirror and it was me. And I was just so beautiful. I was nothing like that lump of clay that I used to be. And I was just really lovely. And now you've come in and you've said how lovely I am. And it's really smashing, isn't it? You can actually see how beautiful I am. What a lovely story, isn't it? So, Jeremiah. 
He was um, a fairly ordinary person who started his ministry in 626 AD. Um, and his name, interestingly, interestingly, means the Lord throws. So you know when a potter throws his clay onto a wheel? Um, it, his name meant the same thing, but in a slightly different context, uh, because we think that what his name means there is, is in the sense of being hurled down into a hostile world. So Jeremiah was, was sort of thrown into where, the God, where God wanted him to, to be. Um, and it's quite relevant to, to our uh, story this morning. There's some really good pots going on down here. Um, <laughs> um, he was also known um, as a prophet of doom. Uh, so probably understandably, he didn't have very many friends. You know, have you ever met people who are all the time complaining and moaning and everything's going to be bad, it's never going to be a very happy time for us? Well, that's the sort of, sort of person that Jeremiah was. And... Uh, I can hear one or two giggles in the back there. <laughs> also, he was not married because God had told him never to marry because uh, God was going to be wiping out the next generation in Judah because of their sins. Um, so he wasn't a very happy guy, really. Um, but his crutch, Jeremiah's crutch, was his exceedingly strong faith because he knew he could trust always in God. Although in uh, chapter 1... Um, Verse 6, he said himself, let's just find it. Our sovereign God, I do not know how to speak. So Jeremiah had been given this job to do. God wanted him to go down and to, uh, to speak out to the folk um, in his area. And he says, Sovereign Lord, I do not know how to speak because I'm only a child. But the Lord said to me, do not say I'm too young. Because you must go to everyone I send you to and say whatever I command you. Do not be afraid of them, for I will rescue you, declares the Lord. So he was a a true servant of God. He even rebuked his fellow um, countrymen because of some of the sins they were committing. Um, All sorts of things were being done by, by some of his countrymen. Some of them were sacrificing their own children to foreign gods. Um, But... Throughout all of that, he loved his people and he always prayed for them regularly, um, even when God told him to stop praying for his people because they were so sinful. So he had a tough message to preach, a very tough message, and he knew that God's goodness would prevail in the end. So let's just have a quick look at some of these verses this morning and ask ourselves some questions and see if it's relevant 2,600 years later. I wonder if it still is. So we're going to ask ourselves, who's the potter? Who's the clay? And uh, how does this fit with us today? Or does it fit with us today? But before any beautiful vase is created, um, whether it be that one, or maybe it be that one down there, you know, it has to be a vision in the eye of the creator, doesn't it? You, know, you can't just pick up something and it suddenly becomes something pretty or a, a wonderful picture. It has to be a vision in the eye of the creator. So... We look at the process of a potter and the process that he uses in sculpturing a beautiful piece of pottery. His main ingredient is, of course, clay, and he has to search for the right kind of clay. Um, When I was talking to um, Brenda and Claire in the office um, the other day, I said about coming down here, and I said, do you think I should take something that we can can make some pots out of? (laughs) Um, Maybe some um, plasticine or 
poly, whatever, I don't know what it's all called now, but they said, no, it's probably not a good idea because if they've got a carpet, it might get stuck in the carpet and um, it'll make a mess and then you'll be in trouble with the church. Hence, I didn't bring anything, but it's great to see that you've already got it. But the first thing the potter needs is the clay. He needs the, uh, the basic material. But when it's dug out of the ground, it's not suitable for use, just as it is, um, because the clay has to be put into a big tank and covered with water, stirred around, and then it's left for months on end until it gets to the right consistency. Um, and then, um, when the lumps have all softened and gone, it's stirred for a few more months before it can be used. And the longer it's left in that situation, the better it becomes. So, in other words, the clay that's taken from the ground is worthless. Uh, it needs to be transformed into a usable state. Uh, and this takes time and energy of the potter, the man himself. And this is a, a pretty good example of us uh, as sinners today because in our natural condition, we too can be worthless. Uh, but however, God is able to see the, in us the vessels that we can become. And therefore, he begins this process that will bring us into a place of usefulness. He digs us out of the ground. He dries us up. He washes us clean, doesn't he? And there are other things that can help us remember what God is doing as well. Um, certain things that, uh, like a wooden mallet. You know, if you go camping, you have to have these wooden mallets, don't you, to, to put your guide pegs in the ground. Well, they use mallets too to, to smack the clay. And they have to do that to push it down and to sort of get all the air bubbles out of it. Because if there's any, any bits inside of it that shouldn't be there, then they can cause the whole thing to break down later. You know, if it's got an air bubble in it when it goes into the oven, it's going to blow up or explode or fall apart or something. So all of these things must, must be uh, attended to. And then after the clay's been cleaned and processed, um, it's placed on this table, it's beaten with this wooden mallet, uh, and the, the potter has to make sure that everything is ready for it to be used for his use. Um, and sometimes, you know, when we have trials and calamities in our lives, hurt and sorrow, th these things can spoil our Christian lives too if we allow them to. Um, so we, we need to make sure we can get rid of all of these things. And then we have the wheel, don't we? Do you remember the wheel that goes round and round and round? Um, and this is symbolic of the circumstances and situation that life can bring our way. Um, sometimes life can seem like a, a never-ending circle, can't it? Life, it just seems to go on and on. There can't be any change. Life can be so hard. But um, sometimes the clay doesn't want to be shaped. Sometimes the clay fights back. And then what happens? Have you ever had a go at making clay pots or anything? Um, I remember when Ali and I were doing our our training, we went to Sri Lanka for a time and Ali had a go at making some, a clay pot um, with a Sri Lankan lady showing her how to do it. So she had to sit there in front of the, this wheel and she spun it around and she started to make this pot uh, and then she looked over to the lady to ask her what she should do next and let go and the pot flew off. <laughs> so, <laughs> so she then had to start again. So it can be quite difficult, can't it? But sometimes we have to make sure we stay centred on that wheel. We have to remain centred um, on what God is saying to us to ensure that we don't fall off, we don't fall away from what we should be doing. And we also need to remember that the, the potter controls the speed of the wheels and they only ro rotate according to his will. Uh, we must never forget that God is still in control no matter what. Um, and even if we want to do something a little bit different in our own speed, um, we mustn't forget 
that whatever situation we faced, and it's God that's in control. And as I say, it's important that we need to stay on the wheel. We mustn't try to jump off too soon um, because uh, we need to persevere. We need to stay the course. We need to just stick at it. Um, Paul wrote in Romans 5 verse 4, didn't he? Perseverance produces character uh, and character produces hope. Um, And it's so important for us and for the people that we work with today to ensure that there is hope in their lives, hope in our own lives, because we can all get... uh, daunted sometimes by some of the, the challenges that we think maybe God or other people are putting before us. And in fact, um, a little bit earlier on in Romans 4, um, Paul wrote, Abraham, in hope, believed, and so became the father of many nations. It's, uh, it can be such, such a challenge for us sometimes in our lives, can't it? And another symbol, if you like, is his hands, the potter's hands. You know, while the clay is spinning around and round and round, um, the potter is in constant touch with it all the time. He can feel it. Um, he knows how it's feeling, he knows how it's going, uh, and he's moulding it and shaping it as, uh, as, as it goes around. Um, and if, as I say, he was ever to remove his hand again, it would fly straight off the wheel and be lost. So because his hand is resting there, The potter can see the flaws, if there are any, and put them right. He's moulding us to be how he wants us to be. And even when that vessel sometimes can be marred uh, in different ways, um, he's able to change it. He's even able to sort of smash up the clay and he's able to make it into something uh, better again. And there's just just such a wonderful picture there of that just happening as we're we're speaking. (laughs) and then there are other things, aren't there? Other things that we can remind us, like that oven, you know. So many times things get a bit hot, don't they, in our lives. Um, for many folk over in Ukraine, they've been having to deal with this war situation. Uh, and it must be such a challenge to them, to their faith. They're trying to help. They're praying for peace. They've been praying for two years. And that peace never came. But now, eventually, it did come. We, we can never fully understand God's will and why these things happen in such a way. Uh, but sometimes this heat can come on too fast. Um, it can crack us and make us fall apart. Uh, and sometimes, you remember the clay thinks it can't take any more heat. It says no more, no more. Uh, but the potter does know the degree of heat that we can take. And he never challenges us more than we can actually deal with. You know, there's a song, isn't there, that says... Um, Have your way, Lord, you're the potter, I'm the clay. Mould me and make me, you're changing me. You know, is this message relevant to us today? I think it is, yeah, and to so many people. And who's the potter? Do we all know who the potter is? The potter's God, isn't he? He can just mould us and change us and he can encourage us. But we have to be willing to be the clay. We have to be willing to be moulded in that way. And then, if we are, then the differences we can make um, just go on and on and on. Um, the, the young lady, Marina, that we, we uh, talked of earlier on there, uh, she was uh, placed into a foster family. She'd come from an internet, an orphanage. She has got a mother, but um, she doesn't want the parental rights. Um, so we what would have happened to that girl um, had she not come under our care? Uh, I'll never know. But she has. And over the years, um, she has been moulded by 
Folk in Hope now by Larissa, by the other girls in the house, and she is now going on to work with young people and young children in different areas as well. So God is using her uh, to be a, a sort of a potter in her own way as well. Uh, and, and it's just amazing the way that God can change lives and what he can do for us. Um, so it doesn't matter where we are, um, and we can just need to try to be some sort of poor reflection of Jesus, of what he wants us to be, to be his hands, to be his feet, uh, and to share his love. Uh, and that's what we try to do in Hope Now as well. So let's just pray for a moment, shall we? Heavenly Father, I do know that uh, you are the potter and we love being your clay. Thank you that uh, you change lives in so many different ways, that you enable us to work for you, to see your glory, to see the way that you can change lives. So I thank you that through this ministry and through so many other ministries, uh, you're enabling people to come to know you, that you're enabling people to change. You are changing them. So, Father, we thank you. We thank you that you are our God and that we can worship you. And we just praise you for all that you are, in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you.